everyone. Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. Um, I am Becky. I am Leah. And so... Tonight we have a special guest with us. We do, but I had to say this other thing first. So Leah went on vacation and I had not written a topic or scheduled this episode before Leah went on vacation. It's not my fault. She knew my vacation was happening. I did. I totally did. So I spent a Friday night texting our special guest saying, hey, you want to talk about this topic with me? Do you want to talk about this topic with me? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. Not really passionate about that. So she got roped in. We came up with this idea and now she's stuck. So welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thanks for answering my text message. Anytime. Thanks for having me. And she's like, I'm never going to answer emergency texts from Becky ever again. And also, I was like, I'm not real passionate about that topic, but this is something that has been weighing on me. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of ran with it. That's really funny. Because Becky, honestly, I only talked to her two times the entire time I was gone because I had really spotty internet and spotty service. And I don't think she survived well without me. I did not create any crazy giveaways and I did not make any shit up. So honestly, I was pretty well behaved while you were off and I was on This is true. You were very unsupervised because like I said, I had really bad internet. I came Carolina back to was like busy. I was in my last week of school. Yeah. Rachel had her baby's birthday. I mean, Becky was really out there on her own. I was it could have been so much worse and then I spent a whole day day drinking with Jenny Mm -hmm. like anyway life choices the whole day Mm -hmm. whole day I wore a tiara it was fabulous um (laughs) so on this episode of the podcast we are going to talk about not finishing a book known as dnf or dnfing And also, we're going to talk about the reading slump and some ideas that go with that. Like, what gets us out of reading slumps? What what does a reading reading slump slump? can look like? Mm -hmm. And we haven't, I mean, we might touch on book hangovers, too. Because, you know, that's something they kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But, so a couple things. (laughs) This episode drops on June 19th. Mm -hmm. On June 25th, we start our third year of podcasting. I will have been doing this for three years. Um, And we have some pretty consistent contributors. And I thought before we get into the meat of the episode that um, we should take a minute to get to know our contributor, Heather, a little bit better. Um, Heather was one of my first bookstagram friends. She and I actually figured out how to share to our stories (laughs) together because we didn't know how three years ago. No, we were so clueless. Um, You've gotten, you've grown so much. I know, right? Um, Heather has been a huge supporter of the podcast since the very, very beginning. And we appreciate that at the end of year two uh, and starting year three, Heather is been, comes along willingly, answer my emergency text messages. So Heather Tell everybody a little bit about Minnesota Hockey Mom Reads. Uh, Well, so obviously I am a hockey mom. I have two (laughs) boys. They are middle school and high school age. 
Um, I am currently a high school special ed teacher, but in my career, I have been, um, I was a middle school special ed teacher that taught reading in um, English. And then before that, I was actually an elementary teacher and um, super passionate about reading. Um, I taught Title One, so it was that second scoop for kids that struggled with reading. Um, I've always been super passionate about reading. And um, I just kind of picked up reading romance right probably before the pandemic hit. And then so you're that pretty new to romance. Well, I've always read it, but it was more in the summer when I had time because I had little kids. <laughs> when you were working your leisure time. time. Yeah, my uh, when I my job title this summer is leisure specialist. So <laughs> I would always read during the summer, but once I was in grad school and I just didn't have time. Flat out did not have time. So now I don't do any, I just watch Damn I don't watch TV. Teen. I know. Um do you have an all-time favorite book boyfriend? Uh, who is number yes. one on your shelf? I do. I do. Uh, and who well, is that? It's Reed. It's Sawyer Bennett's Reed from her uh, Carolina Cold Fury series. I, mean, I don't know why. I just love him and his personality, and he just it's such, such a great so book. Such a great book. Okay, so we'll get her current five-star read in our book of the week segment of the podcast so mm -hmm. let's get on to our topic yes. <laughs> did not finish mm -hmm. for the purpose of this episode we'll be using the term dnfing first question mm -hmm. how often do you dnf a book well i really had to think about this like i can vaguely remember dnfing books i think i just do it very unconsciously like if it doesn't pull me in i might try and go back to it but then if it's like on kindle unlimited it's sort of like oh i'm just gonna trade this one in you know mm -hmm. what i mean so i probably dnf one to two books a month yeah um leah how often do you dnf um maybe three times a year <laughs> I honestly, I'm one of those crazy people who I don't like to DNF a book and I am lying. Actually, I'd probably do it like once a month. If that, like it, it is mm -hmm. definitely not a fool. Like I can go entire months without DNFing a book, but I, when I start a book, I have a really hard time not finishing it because it depends on why I'm not liking it. Like if I'm not liking the storyline and sometimes I really just need to know what the fuck happens at the end of the book. So I also occasionally feel... I'll just skim and, and go to the end. So I'm, I'm not technically DNFing, but I kind of am at the same time. But if it's honestly, like if it's just a really poorly edited and proofread book, like I'll just suck it up and finish it because the story's good. And then I'll just give it a not so glowing review because I, I love a story, but if it is poorly proofread or poorly, like if there's a lot of like comma mistakes or punctuation issues, or if they happen to call a character by the wrong name, I will point that out in my not so nice review. I feel guilty. Um, I think it's my Minnesota nice coming out where I'm like, oh, 
they, somebody spends so much time writing this and I feel guilty, but then at the same time, I have to remind myself, I have very limited amount of time to read. And so I should spend my time reading something that no, makes me I, happy. No, I know the answer to this question, but many people don't. How many mm -hmm. books do you DNF, Becky? Becky? How often do you DNF a book? All the damn time. Mm -hmm. All the yep. time. So, and actually we asked, we put a survey out to our community and I'm going to bring some numbers in throughout the episode. So we asked, how often do you DNF a book? And of the respondents, 63% do it occasionally, mm -hmm. uh, 24 sometimes, 91% often, and about 10% never. I'm telling you, I do it all the time. Listen, my TB, I don't have a real TBR. Like we all know this, like I'm not great at Goodreads and I'm not great at like actually writing down the books that I want to read. Oh God, no. But I probably have a TBR that is 2000 books deep. Mm -hmm. And there are too many books for me to waste time on a book I don't connect with. That is not a slight against the author or the publisher or anything like that. That is simply that and we have found emotions and mood and situations absolutely affect how you feel out on a book. Like I can read a book and be like, oh, that was just meh. And then I reread it three or four months later and I'm like, this is a really great book. Or I've had the opposite happen. So mm -hmm. I am not going to waste my time. There are too many books that I want to read. On books See, and that I, I feel like have to work. I for. feel like a hypocrite because as a reading teacher, I would tell we didn't call them DNFing, but um, we call it abandoning a book. And so I would encourage my students, like if you're one to two chapters in, or you know, if they weren't somebody that did a ton of reading, mm -hmm. I would even tell them like 15, 20 pages in, if you are not connecting and this maybe this isn't the book for you at this time find something that will hold your interest just so you're reading because I want my kids to read. <laughs> well, and I'm such a mood reader. So sometimes mm -hmm. like if I'm not connecting with the book, but it like, it's an arc like that I have to read by a certain point, like mm -hmm. sometimes like if I'm just not in the mental headspace for it, like, and I'm not connecting with it, I know it's not the, it, I know it might not be the book. It might just be me personally but I still need to get it finished. But then at that, in the same vein, like it's probably not the best thing for me to do because I don't always give those books the best reviews. So that leads to the next question. How much time do you give a book before you DNF it? Like how I many times do you try I always go to at least 50%. It? Oh, how many times? Two or three. Yeah. But you give it to 50%? Yeah, because sometimes like, it's just a pacing issue with a book that I'm not like I'm having issues with, but by like halfway through, like the author, like I'll even like, I'll figure out like that is the author's style and they just have a really like odd pacing or I will. 50% is too much. Yeah. But I also read but extremely so fast. fast. My 50% matter. is not like a normal person. Too much time. time frame. There's a lot of eye rolling tonight, Heather. Yeah, I will also sometimes give it to 50%. There was one book I read and I think I was at like 70% and I was like, yeah, I'm DNF in this bad mm -hmm. boy. 
I've done that before too. It well, just depends well, like, on I'll, the book or why I don't like it. Well, and I hate it when like you, there's a book that you start and it's really good. And then like 70%, it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Those Me ones Elsa. I do let go be, because I get real mad about it. So those ones I do let I must go. Sing. I must sing. I must Please sing. Please don't. I kind of want to know how it ends too. I'm not like. Oh, I'll just skip to the last chapter. See, I, there was a book you and I were reading together, and you were like, "Just skip to the last chapter." I'm like, "I know, what? I told you to." <laughs> I did, and I told you it was worth it in the end. Right. Um. So we asked again, and we asked our that community how many times. How many times will you try a book before DNFing? Forty-five percent said once. When you know, you know. Uh, 34 or 39% said two to three. And then it's a mix between five is my max only once. If I don't discard the option going back at another time. Um, and the, someone I've got to get to 40, 50% before I make my decision. Um, again, they're wrong. Um, when you know, you know, because, so I had a recent experience. I had a galley of an advanced copy of a book that's coming out later this year. And I picked, it was an author I've never read before, but it was a first in series. It was through a publisher and I picked it up five well, different times. Well, it's an times. author that you've heard really good things about too. It's an author I've heard really good things about. It's an author I really want to try. And I picked this book up four or five different times. Read, would restart back at chapter one, read to chapter three or four. And then I'd be like, why am I doing this? And then I get distracted and I do something else. And then I'd come back to it because like, oh, I got to get the review up for this book. Like, this is important. Mm -hmm. Finally, after the fifth time, and I had gotten to like chapter 12 at this point, I'm like, enough, enough. There are too many books I want to read to waste my time on a book that I'm not connecting. Which again, our motto, not every book is for everybody. Not every Mm -hmm. voice is going to register with you. This book wasn't doing it for me. And I had to let it go. I had to wave the white flag and admit. Well, but how often do you DNF a book without giving it at least two tries? Probably more than you would think. Mm -hmm. I also, because, well, yeah, I'm a petty bitch. (laughs) Okay. This is not a news flash. (laughs) And so honest to goodness, I'll go in with the intention that like it's maybe I didn't like a previous book from this author. So I'll be like, I'm going in, I'm going to read this book. I am all in for it. And a lot of times I have success by reading the second book from the author, a different book. And, you know, I have some success, but honestly, if I DNF a book of yours and I DNF it for some like very specific reasons, like Mm -hmm. poorly edited, or you didn't do your freaking research. Um, or you got some things really, really wrong. Like a school bell at a college and lockers. I ain't coming ever back to your shit. Like, I'm not. Well, I'm but never giving you another try. If I DNF an author, I rarely pick them up again. Oh, now see, I will try them yeah. again. It just depends the reason I DNF'd. I would try them again if somebody recommended and said that I really, really like this book, or I think you would like this book, or Mm -hmm. it's a trope that I really like. I think since I DNF so few, though, that is why. 
like mm -hmm. because I really give authors a a fair chance in the fact that like I don't DNF and it takes me so long before I'm willing to do it like if it it like honestly like if you don't pull me in by 50% and like there's a valid reason for the DNF like I don't have time for your book the next time okay so because next clearly like it's a writing issue yeah. or an editing issue so next question Not a me issue do you review books you dnf and i'm talking i'm not talking the ones that like i tried chapter one and two and i just couldn't get into it so i sent it back to ku i'm not talking about those i am and because we all know that i'm a dumbass i don't read blurbs i read a title if it's got enough information in it i'm like yes oh that's a handsome cover yes like i'm an idiot like that but you've given a book 50 percent. you have dnf'd it now and you do so mm -hmm. few do you review those it depends. It depends on why I DNF it. No, nope. I you do don't. not. Mm -mm. And here's why. Again, uh, I am busy. Like I don't have any other reason besides that I'm busy. And I would much rather write or read another book than write a review. Do you even give it a star rating? Um, I'll give it a star. Yeah, I'll go back into Goodreads. I'm yeah. just a one, it's a one star. So if I've given a book enough time, enough of my time, like I'm invested at least 50% and the book was so unreadable or so bad, I absolutely do review it because especially given the current trends in book talk, there is so much value uh -huh. mm -hmm. in a review for a book you don't connect with because there's a couple books out there that are getting all these rave reviews. And mm -hmm. one of them I did read and I didn't read book one of the series. I read the book two because it was an age gap. It was an interracial relationship and everybody, and it was supposed to be like, like fairy tale feel to it. And he was an alpha hole and we all know I got a thing for the alpha hole. Yes, and so I went into this book like, really excited to read it. I'd never read the author before. Everybody's talking about how this book is so amazing. It, it wasn't like it felt, felt racist. And like he, she was a black woman, a woman of color. He was a white man and he acted like yucky, just yucky. And everybody's given this book five stars. It's got like 3000 ratings on Amazon and it's like, it's average is 4.2 or something. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. And so then I had to go searching for those low weight rating reviews. And there mm -hmm. were several people and several of them were women of color who felt the way I did. So for me, it validated my feelings. Not that we need to have our feelings validated, but when it comes to books with those kinds of situations, I want to make sure it's not my own prejudice causing an issue, you know, or my privilege. Oh, but like with me, like I, if it's not an author that I trust or have read before, and it's not in a world that I really enjoy, I will read reviews on three or four different books before I will download anything. And if they don't have a like a really good review back on that book or on multiple books, I won't even download the author. 
So I think that's part of my DNFing, like the fact that I have so few is because I won't just read, like I just won't pick up anything. Like I, if it's a, a long, like I'll read any novella because that's like a half hour of my life. But a novella, like a lot of the ones that I read, I'm not expecting them to be fantastic. So I'm fine with that. But like a book that I have to invest time in, if I'm not, if I don't know going into it, it's going to be really good. I will read reviews and I read three stars and two stars. And if like people are like really iffy about the book, I won't even download it. Especially if the book's not in KU. Mm -hmm. If it's a pub and you've got to pay like $5.99 for that book. If you DNF'd it, you need to tell people why you DNF'd it. Yeah. Well, and I would say like for me, I'm in a bunch of groups on like Facebook who, you know, they'll be like, I'm looking for this kind of book. And then I'm like, if that's my jam, then I Mm -hmm. screenshot and then I go back through my screenshots and then I'll get the book or whatever, or other newsletters, things like that. But I agree if it's a, I spent money on it and I DNF'd it, I would definitely be writing like, well, but that's something too, like I don't, buy a book unless I know it's going to be good like unless I trust that author yeah or I'll look on the library or Mm -hmm. something yes the library is a wonderful tool when it comes to that um so we asked our community do you review a Mm -hmm. book UTNF and 78% say no they don't Hmm. that's interesting and I'm like I want to challenge all of you if you did DNF in it, especially if it's not in Kindle Unlimited, mm-hmm. please review it. Please tell us why you DNF'd it. You know, you can make in your Goodreads, you know how you have the read, currently read, want to read shelves. So a book yeah. can only be on one of those shelves. You can add a specific shelf that is called the like a DNF shelf. And I will put instructions in our Discord on how to make that shelf. So you can put books on that shelf that are DNF shelf. You can still shelve them on like some of the sub shelves, but mm-hmm. it won't go into your read numbers. It won't go into your want to read numbers. Yep. You can make a dedicated DNF shelf that that's where it will only sit on your Goodreads. And I challenge everybody to make that shelf. Even if you're not going to go in and write a review, you should put go a ahead and shelf that for a DNF. I will. I will do that. I think, I mean, this is just my perspective. Um, I think that you guys live in the book world, like your jobs are mm-hmm. books. And maybe because my job isn't books, like for me, reading and, you know, bookstagramming and all of this is like fun for me. It's an escape from my real life of writing IEPs and super, you know what I mean and so mm-hmm. I'm on a computer a lot of my day or and so maybe that's why I'm not saying it's right or wrong I'm just saying like but I it does make sense like if I'm paying money for a book I want to know why someone didn't I like just it. and we talked about this in our episode where we talked about reviews there is value in your opinion even if it goes against the majority Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you could be helping another reader out. And while yes, you know, reading for you is an escape and reading for you is very personal. Um, help a friend, help a friend, especially like when we have a big community that we have, you know, we're all slinging book wrecks at people nonstop. 
and yeah. more than others <laughs> leah um uh becky excuse leah. me um <laughs> So, you know, there is value in making sure that you're honest, because especially if I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, go buy that book, mm. um, because I but loved it. Like, I will never tell somebody I liked a book if I didn't like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I like, think that bugs. The and I think that's one me. of the things, the bad pieces that's happening over in the book talk world mm -hmm. is that people are hyping up these books that they're sent copies of, which that's great but they're not being necessarily accurate, honest, and fair. Mm -mm. And it's creating some discourse. I also don't like that the reason that they're saying they like the book is because they were sent a copy of it. Yeah. It's not an honest and fair review. But that's a whole different so show. Um, that's a show you, we probably won't go to. Uh, we can now, but never mind. Um, <laughs> have you DNF'd a book for triggers that were not noted? Um, I don't really have trigger triggers. I don't, and I'm going to be honest. I don't, I mean, sometimes I scan the trigger warnings. Oh, I, I don't I mean, typically look at trigger warnings. I think I we're do. the wrong three people for this conversation because <laughs> but none of I us have say, triggers. Well, I do have a couple, you do. Mm -hmm. but typically Becky or Heather or somebody will be like, you can't read this book right now because <laughs> mm -hmm. they like, they know. So like, Heather, I don't have... have to worry about DNFing a book because you guys forewarned me, like this is in there. You might not want to read this one. Mm -hmm. Well, and Heather, you don't like teach your student because of your position in your life. Correct. And if you come across one that's not well noted that it's teacher student. I wouldn't love that. And the other thing is, is I don't like if there's kids involved, I'm, you, you know, like single dads, all that. I don't, I have a real hard time if kids are being treated poorly, like if mm. there's child abuse or child neglect, um, like there are certain shows I can't watch. Like my husband loves Shameless. I cannot watch that show. God, it I is too real for like my students live that world. So mm -hmm. it's too real. It just me. makes fun of poor people. I hate that show. So I, I can't show. watch it. And so that would be a trigger for me, but like what, and I don't have triggers. Like I read mm -hmm. some of the most taboo and dark stuff. Um, and I have strong feelings about a book I DNF'd and I, I made it about 70%. And I, I mean, I'm never vocal about a book I don't like, but I'm very vocal about this one. <laughs> you are. Um, so we asked our community, 66% said they have not so we asked, have you DNF'd a book for triggers that were not noted? And 66% say no. They, if mm -hmm. a trigger's there and even though it wasn't noted, they don't, de that's not a reason they'll DNF. 33% say yes. I really thought that number would be higher. I think it's our crew, to be honest. I mean, you know, just, I don't know if we. Well, but I think part of it though, too, is like we talk so openly about books and like what kind of triggers are in books that a lot of the people in our community who get wrecks from us like they know going into a book whether or not it's going to be something that triggers them or not because like and we'll even say to specific people like this isn't a good one for you because we know this will like this will trigger you like and I think right. that's part of the part of that number is the fact that like as a community like we're very open about like 
what's in a book and whether or not we think it would be a good idea for them to read or not. Yeah, I had to carry at one point, there was a book she was talking about reading and I had to message Mm -hmm. her and be like, hey, sister friend, please don't read this. Well, and Uh you did that with me last summer. And the book club book in April that was Mm -hmm. some big, heavy topics in that book. I think that's the one that I said to Carrie, hey, I don't want to give anybody anything away, but if you have triggers, Mm -hmm. message me. Um, And that's another thing. Listeners, if you have triggers and you want to try a book and and there's no real, real trigger warnings in a book... Send us a message. One of us has probably read it and we mm-hmm. will happily. But even if we didn't, we people. will find somebody who did and get that information yeah. for you. Because that is one thing that we like, we want everybody to enjoy the books that they're reading. So if there is something that we can do to help that, we will yeah. make sure that it happens. So one of the things we asked is how many books from one author do you read DNF before deciding their books aren't for you? So about 27% said one, less than five was 36%. They will come back and try them again with a newer title at 18%. And then about 10% said depends on the reason they DNF'd it, two, one to two, three's enough. If the DNF is a newer book, I'm done. I'm a three strikes person and you are out. Hmm. So... Um. How many books do you have to try from an author? Because we actually, I personally had a realization. I didn't DNF the books, but I had a personal realization recently that an author, I liked their first three or four books. And then the current ones that they're writing, the voice is not for me anymore. It's just, I'm not their target audience. Those books aren't for me anymore. So I had to come to the realization that going forward, that's not an author that I should be even looking Mm -hmm. at. Um, for me, it depends on the reason I DNF. Like if it's, if I didn't connect with that specific story for some reason, like I usually give them another try. Cause it might just be the story itself that I didn't like. Um, a lot of times though, like if I don't like, if the writing style is not very good or the way their story plays out, like I, I won't read them ever again. I usually probably give them another try, um, and then I might also try an audiobook, but mm-hmm. audiobooks are real tricky, and so as an audiobook listener, um, the narration makes or breaks it, mm-hmm. so even if I don't love the narration, I will go back to um, the-, the actual book, mm-hmm. so okay. I've probably DNF'd more audiobooks. Audio. And then went to the well because there itself. there was a book club book that people tried reading the or they tried listening to the audio and nobody liked the audio. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we did. Yes, everyone was like, mm-hmm. the audio destroyed that book. Why did we do that? Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that that can happen. But then there are other times where the audio really enhances just makes the book. Mm-hmm. And so, as somebody who reads reads i guess mm-hmm. does both it's a form of platforms um yeah well and yeah actually, and see, i don't do audio so i i don't know and honestly like we just had book club with kennedy ryan with real and that audiobook makes that book, book. like i did a mix between eyeball re- i used the whisper sync in my kindle mm-hmm. and um the audiobook is so incredibly well done 
that it enhanced that story. I think if I had had to eyeball that book, it would have been a little bit more sludgy. I would have, you know, slowed down and had some muddy moments. Um, it might have put it down, but the audiobook was so engaging that it was one of the best. Yeah, I'm reading a Catherine Cowles, and I have both the book and the audiobook, and I've read a couple chapters, like just the book, but it just, I keep going back to the audio of it because it's just really great. She has really great audiobooks. Um, okay, is there anything else you would like to talk about DNFing before we move on to the next topic? Don't be afraid to DNF a book. Yeah, I think um, I should probably take my own advice and not be afraid to do it. To... I'm not afraid to do it. I just don't like to do it. I it's feel totally mine is the guilt factor. And I think it's just moving away from that and just finding books that bring me a lot of happiness. My five-star read is right. My next five-star read is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. I need to keep moving to find that next. Plus, I got to lick them first or you people try to steal them. Oh so my gosh. you are just keep put down well, the crappy ones and go I'll for the good finish one. the book first if we start at the same no. time so i vividly recall becky and i feverishly texting you on a friday night when we were reading baden and we were like no rigs up. we were reading no, rigs oh it was rigs you're right it was we Riggs. were reading rigs and we were like you better hurry up we're gonna ruin it for you you better hurry no, up but- and you're like my gosh it's only been two hours we're like you should be done <laughs> I did. We have like timestamp, like proof that it only took me like, I'm sorry, Sawyer. It only took me like two hours to get through that book. Because we were like, hurry. I did read that one really fast. You understand. I was like on my couch Friday morning, 9am reading this book, reading along. I had started it the night before and I'm reading it along and I'm like, shit, why does everybody have day jobs? I need people to talk to me right now. And like, I had finished all my work. So I like text Heather. I'm like, what you doing? She's like, um, teaching. And I'm like, <laughs> did you read Riggs yet? And she's like, oh, well, I'm going to read it a little bit this afternoon. I started it last night. And I'm like, can you hurry up? <laughs> and she's like, and she's in a meeting with her coworkers. My, my coworker is like, what is going on? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's about a book. And he goes, what? He's like, I want their job. I'm like, no joke. Their job is preferred to this right now. <laughs> Some days it's not. Though. Some days it's um, not. Well, especially yeah. not when you're trying to text your book bestie and be like, sister, did you read this book yet? And she's like, I have a job and responsibilities. I cannot I be reading books all the time. I'm real sorry. And I have to wait for my book bestie to hurry up and get home so we can talk about a book. Hey, you've got me till August. I, don't, I know. I have no responsibilities. But Phone I will calls say, so like, every day now. <laughs> my we my thing with DNFing during the day with her. A teacher, I keep telling my students, it's okay to abandon a book. It's okay if you don't love this book. And then I tell everybody else too, like, oh, it's okay if you don't like this. I need to just take my own advice. Yeah. And do it. Do not be afraid to DNF. Do not be afraid to put the book down and come back to it later. Also, if you do DNF a book, we highly encourage you to make some kind of note. I DNF'd this book for this reason. Give it a low star rating. There is no harm, no foul. Do not go after authors personally or, you know, just let us know. Hey, listen, triggers were not listed. I DNF'd it. Or say, hey, not well edited. Or they abandoned a baby in a hotel room. Like, let us know these things because as a reader, sometimes we need that validation. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Next topic. Uh-huh. Next topic. The slump. <laughs> the reading slump. And I was really afraid to talk about this because I feel like as soon as we talk about a reading slump, we I'm going to end up in a reading slump. But I just got out of one. I've been in one since the beginning of May. I only read, what did I tell you? 14 books 20. in the month. 20. 20. 20 books in like, the month of June. And that includes my work job, which was 10, no, 10 the books. the month of May. Or month of the May. The month of May, she read 20 books total. Including my work okay. stuff. And she got paid to read 10 of them. Yeah, I was in a pretty big reading slump um, also. And I... I'm sort of a person like I will read, you know, a book, maybe an arc or whatever, and then I need to have like a palate cleanser. I don't know. So while you went down that nursing kink, probably I might pick up some dirty novellas or some weird kinky thing. I also do a lot of MM um, as my palate cleanser, and I think it's because I need low angst from mm. and. I I just need some low angst, some like I don't want to say like hallmarky, but like I don't know something like real feel good. Well, um, and I need sexy and dirty, and I need it to be from a quality author that I trust. You know, so in May, that's why I reread the Wicked Horse series from Sawyer Bennett because first of all, they're fantastic so audiobooks, Whew, and they're, they're sexy hot. AF. Totally. Yeah, I really need some dirty. I mean, like, I went down a real kinky route a couple of weeks ago. I'm currently yes, reading your kinky route right now, so. Are they any good? Yes. Well, it's well written. It's not terribly yeah. written. The That's kink is weird, funny. but they're well written. I, I'm okay with a weird kink. I like some kink. I mean, anyway, we'll talk about Remember, that another time. Send me your mm-hmm. kink. I'll set you a mm-hmm. book. <laughs> Right. If you would like, yeah. if you have a specific kink and would like us to assign you a book that represents that kink, send us an email. Leah will so, match make you to your kink. Apparently, we can do that now. So, with a reading slump. So, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I, my high schooler is an avid reader. So he and I will probably. I mean, he'll read three, four books a weekend. He loves to read. I'm super lucky. Um, but he has been going, he's been in this reading slump. And I did some research during the pandemic because I kept circling back around to all my favorite books. And it's really about comfort. So it's like people who will reread shows or rewatch shows, we reread books because it's comforting because we know what's going to happen. That's not the unexpected. My husband is in his like 15th viewing of The Office. Right. Cause they know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I do like when I'm in a slump, like I'll either go down the dirty novella route because like, I know what to expect. Like, it's not like they're never, they're never like really emotional or anything like that. Like they're dirty and like, that's just what I need. Or like, I'll reread some of like my favorite suspense books because apparently suspense is like my go-to comfort read during a slump. I mean, a stalker and a serial killer can always make you happy. It's true. I'm a mafia girl. I just really love me some mafia. Yeah. 
So we asked our community, how often do you experience a reading slump? 15% said never. What? 15% of people surveyed said they've never experienced a slump. Now, granted, everybody reads at different paces. Some people only read 40, 50 books a year. Some only read 10 books a year, and that's okay. So they Uh might not have a slump. Um, 40% said about one to two a year. And I have seasons where I slump. That was about 30% of people. And the rest break down into 10% slices of it varies depending on my mood. I normally hit a slump if I read too much of the same genre or trope. And I have experienced a series Mm -hmm. slump. Um, Sunset, often as a writer, I feel the authors have just phoned it in and has have not done a good job. Um, And that will create a slump. And she, this person never goes over a few days without reading. So um, even if they have a slump, they still are trying to read. And mm-hmm. I try to read Wait. my way. I try out to of read my way out of a slump. Wait a second. Somebody doesn't read for a couple of days? Yeah. There are people oh. like that that exist, Heather. Heather, there are people but in the world that kindle? pick up a book once a month and maybe read like two pages a day. So, but your Kindle will tell you, and then that calendar is not blocked out. That I'm impressed that people can do that. I because well, not everybody is crazy like us. We have well, okay. So there was a drunk Sorry. book club back in like maybe March, <laughs> and we stayed up too late. My favorite, and I had been busy that whole day, and I didn't get any reading mm-hmm. done that day. I didn't read in the morning before I got up. And so it hadn't registered that I had read that day. So I rolled back the time on my Kindle to Pacific Pacific time so that I could read at least a chapter or two. So I didn't lose the day. I love it. I think it's genius. I wish I would have known that when I was on my vacation in Florida. It was worth it, though. So how often do you do you have seasons of a reading slump? Do you expect yeah. like certain times a year you always are going to slump? What causes always, a slump for you? I need to know these things. I think um, honestly, it's if I have too many arcs or not enough. Like there's there has to be like a happy medium. Like I need to have a steady stream of hockey romance, otherwise this girl gets a little little depressed. That's okay. Our friend Sawyer Bennett came through for you, so you're okay. No, but it's true. I need some hockey romance in my life. What about you, Leah? Um, Do you have seasons of slumping? Um, I always slump the month of August, but that is personal, like issue slump. Yeah, but family I, emotions. Yeah, I don't really seasonal slump. Like I honestly, I slump the hardest after a really bad book hangover. Mm. Okay, so let's yes. talk about that because some people. Do you know there are people in this world that do not experience book hangovers? Yeah, I'm married to one of them. Like, I don't understand this concept. So recently in April, we did our read-in for World Mm -hmm. Read-A-Book Day. Uh And And stupidly, I had this lovely TBR created. I had all these books. It was a great mix of books. One book I read, and it was garbage, and two-starred it. And then to reward myself for a shitty book... I went and I read a book that's been on my TBR since it came out in January and read it, knowing that the next book in the series does not come out until the end of June. It was book two in the series, by the way. It was book Ooh. two in the series. Yikes. And it was 
it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was so well written. So and then amazing. she tanked the rest of Readathon because she was in a massive book hangover. It just made me grouchy and grumpy. And honestly, that was the last weekend in April. And then I slumped in May. Like it made a month long. Like, so the book is Juniper Hill and the series is The Edens by Devney Perry. If you haven't read that, you totally should read it. But you might want to wait till wait. all the books are out. So you That's don't. what I'm doing. Because they so all read standalone. But... Well, and honestly, like, because I, a uh, book hangover for me is after I've read a really well done, emotionally charged book uh-huh. that it hits you in all the feels in every, in every way. And it, it, you're up and down, like as you're reading it. And then when you are done with that book, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this book is over. And I can't believe like how emotionally like spent I feel. And then it takes me a good like week before like I'm recharged and I have to go down like the Dubcon non-con rabbit hole of chaos to get back like to normal because you're like you're just so emotionally invested in the characters that these authors create that it's hard to pull back and I like honestly like I've had three books this year so far where I went into hardcore book hangovers and it took me a good week before I came out of them yeah I actually I'll tell you all about those books at the end of the end of the year end of the year I had a booking over um from one from the readathon Mm -hmm. also it was so good but then I think looking back May really had was like an amazing release month and Mm -hmm. there was so many but then it sort of was like you know like you get through all of that and having read read arcs it's like it's just midway through May and then well and I found like I will slump when I have I haven't been requesting arcs because Mm -hmm. I find that I will slump if I am forced to read books Mm. like if I like it's they're books that I would probably read anyway but I like to read them on my own terms my own time and so if I have like a week where I have a lot of like I've stupidly requested a lot of arcs, like I'll go into a slump because I'm grumpy that I have to read them. And I can't like leisurely read them like when I want. It's like, and I'm a mood reader, like full force. And so I've found that arcs are not my best friend because sometimes I'm just not, not feeling it. So do you think, what? How about you? What causes a slump for me? What causes your slumps, yeah. Um. I'm not really a mood reader, but I guess I kind of am a mood reader. If there's a lot going on in my family life and in my day to day, if there's upheaval in my world, I don't deal. I'm a control freak, like shocker, right? Mm -hmm. Newsflash. I'm a control freak. And so if I start to feel out of control, um, it will absolutely affect my mood and how I interpret a book. And that can cause me to go into a slump because I'm just not connecting and engaging because I can't shut my mind off with what emotions are happening in my day-to-day life. Um, But if there's a really powerful book that I read or a story that I've been anticipating for a long time and it doesn't deliver, that will Mm -hmm. actually throw me in a slump. 
And while I say Juniper Hill threw me into a slump, I don't think it was so much Juniper Hill that threw threw me into a slump. I think it was that book. It was that first book, that two star that really was just disappointing. And you were already like emotionally charged. And then Juniper Hill happened. Yeah. And then it was like, how do I get back that passion that I had for Juniper Hill? And nothing was really sitting. Now, there were some great books that came out in May, but Uh I didn't really take a ton of arcs in May either. Mm -hmm. And I did have highlights. So I can still, even if I'm in a slump, I can still have books that are five-star reads and are high-end books. I just am not getting, like right now, my pacing is off with reading. It took me three days recently to read a book. That's like unheard of for me. So you're not getting the quantity because you are because day-to-day life wanting more quality. Yeah, well, and my day-to-day life is so chaotic that... It's not really even the lack of quality. It's just like life has like went kind of crazy I'm, a, I'm exhausted when i go to bed so instead of reading for three hours i only read for about 40 minutes and then i'm need to go to bed or you know instead of sitting on the couch for a couple of hours after i finished my manuscript for the day in reading i'm just vegging out watching tv with the girl child because i can't focus long enough and i also feel like if your world isn't chaotic and you're kind of emotional and like with your slump, you typically have in August, state mm-hmm. of mind, 100% how it reflects how I respond to that book. Mm-hmm. Well, uh-huh. and that's the thing too, like I sometimes will not read a book that I'm really anticipating reading. Like if I'm emotionally like out of sorts, because I know that I will not look at it the same way as if I like, if I'm like steady. Like there are books that I will put off for weeks because I know going into it, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I should or could, which sometimes I still don't because the book just disappoints me. But a lot of times that's not the case. But even the worst of my May, I read Trusted and True from Rana Morgan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that was so good. Neon flashing lights. Great book. Great book. And then the next book I picked up, I was like, nah. That one put me in a hangover. It was, and if you people, if you've not read Brenda Morgan, you need to go read her like right uh-huh. now. She is so good. It's so steady. Quality you won't stories. read a bad, a bad book from her. Um, Heather, do, do you think that your current state of mind can affect your enjoyability of a title? Oh, for sure. For sure. Can you- I mean, no, I mean, if I'm super stressed out, like probably like the last two and a half weeks. I mean, I've been like completely off the radar and it's because I'm barely functioning. <laughs> like, yeah. You know so what I mean? Like dry shampoo is my best friend. I can't. So it's interesting because 78% of respondents said that yes, it can affect, but there was 10% that said no. They, they don't, their state of mind doesn't affect how they feel about a title. Are they robots? Oh. Well, I wonder if they're just not reading the question <laughs> i mean well that or if they're able to separate like, i mean there are some if, people that can car- compartmentalize and i'm pretty good at compartmentalizing and as becky likes to tell people i'm the mean one you just don't realize it. people do not realize it um and so i'm pretty good at 
doing that, but there are just some, sometimes like it's not, it's not possible. And so if your mood change, let's say you're in a reading slump, you start uh-huh. a book, you DNF that book. Okay. Your mood has changed. You're on vacation. You're on the beach. You are drinking Mai Tais and there mm-hmm. are half naked men that are sexy and on the beach. And you pick that book up that you DNF'd six, six months ago. Do you think that you're more likely to like it at that point? Because your mood's changed. Uh-huh. It's your environment's why I changed. It. If it was me not connecting with a story, sometimes I will pick up a book and I will like it the second time through. But if it is an editing issue or plot holes, which should not happen, but if it, that is the problem, then I know it's, it's the book and not me. Yeah. Well, because you were in the slump. So it's, I guess, you know, do you think if you're not slumping that you would probably more favorably give the book more time? Mm, I don't know. I think I would have, it would be if why I DNF'd it, I mean, or why I abandoned it or kind of left it off or is there, you know, I'm more probably apt to pick up another book that's on my TBR than to go back to one that I kind of pushed off to the side. Yep. Do you reread during a slump? Does that help you out of the slump? 100%. Sure. I'm actually re-listening to um, a book that this is like the third or fourth time. No, honestly, like I, I typically will only reread when I'm in a slump. Rereading, I used to reread all the time because I was a library kid and I had very limited resources. And so I, you know, owned very few books and would just constantly reread what I could get my hands on. And now because of circumstances in life, I do not reread very often. It's usually for a podcast that I'm rereading. Mm-hmm. And so I have a hard time changing my mindset and being like, go back to what you love. Go back to what works for you. Um, but I think, I, and I, but I think part of it too is you and I, like we read, we read a high volume of books and we do have to read so many books for the podcast that we we almost get disillusioned by some of the books that we're reading. And so like you and I both, like even like working in the industry, like we have to remind ourselves, like we are reading because we love to read and we Uh love this genre. And that is one of the reasons that like, I have started rereading more often, like not just in my slumps, like I will always reread in a slump, but I have started like about once a week, like I'll reread something, whether or not I read the whole book or not, or just like a portion of it to, to find like a quote that like hits me the right way. Like it makes me remember what, like why I fell in love with this like genre. Yeah. Heather, do you have anything else you'd like to add about rereading or slumps? Yeah. I think that you just have to do what works for you. I mean, just because what works for the three of us isn't necessarily going to work for someone else, or maybe they have to walk away from reading for a week or, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't understand that, but there are people that have to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, I honestly, monsters. for me as an audiobook person, I think I probably stay out of slumps for the simple fact that like, if I'm driving in the car or I'm doing, you know, cleaning, whatever, I'll listen to an audiobook. 
but it's usually one that I've already read. Yeah. Nope. Um, so like, like we said, you know, what, what is our problems or not necessarily your problems. If we can encourage you to do everything, it is at least star review or note if you DNF a book and why you DNF'd it, because that is helpful to your fellow reader and we are a community and help a girl out, help a girl out or a man out or a person, a they, them, she, he, whoever Mm -hmm. help all the peoples. Um, okay. That concludes that portion of the podcast. Here is a thing to note. There is an entry for summer reading at the bottom of our show notes. We're going to ask you a question specific to this episode. Once you listen all the way through, you will want to go to our on the shelf show notes for this episode and enter. This will be an extra entry just for those that listen to the podcast. We do ask that you not share this or tag us on social media. Just answer the question for an extra entry. Um, apparently, Heather's not been listening to the last couple of weeks. So, <laughs> did I remember when I told you I have been? You guys She's know been radio of chaos. Yeah, it's yeah. True. There are we special entries on our lot. show notes for summer reading. Anyway. Well. Okay, you ready for the next section, Leah? I'm ready. Okay. We are in week four of Summer Reading Challenge. Yay! Yay! They don't see my jazz hands, but they're there. They're there, yay! Um, Golden Angel and Molly McLane are our sponsoring authors for this week. They both have books releasing. Um, It's really exciting. Golden Angel, I did not realize this. She's been publishing for 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. So awesome. And she is releasing Law in Disorder on June 21st in celebration of her 10 years of publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I just side note? Yeah. Um, the Always. series that this book is in that's releasing this week is awesome. Is it? <laughs> Very dirty and kinky and so worth it. Okay. Pick it up. Okay. Um, Molly McLean is releasing More Than a Memory on June 23rd. This is book two in the Cold Creek series. And if you don't know which is the Cold Creek series, We're Made of Moments is book one. So it's it's Aiden's book and we're very excited and Molly is excited. I can't beat. I know. So excited. Um, we are on Instagram June 20th with Molly McLean at 930. June 23rd, TikTok Live with Golden Angel at 1.30. Uh, June 23rd, I have Happy Hour with author Lucy Score and Rachel from Read with Rach will be joining me for that evening. And then on June 27th, even though it's the next Monday, Happy Hour with Avery Flynn and the much-anticipated Mansplainer is finally out. Mm -hmm. Um, So, anyway, we are now to book the book of of the the week week. okay so heather since you're a special guest you can go first for book of the week seriously seriously i'm like going back and forth here um i'm gonna go with you can say two uh, okay well this week is releasing a platonic rule book by saxon james it's part of her divorce men's club book two 
it's a friends to lovers and it's super great. I love it. Um, and then uh, Big Shot by Kat Mazira is coming out. It's her Florida series and it's a friends. Of this is her new one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Her four. Yeah. So good. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, oh, Becky's me? next. Yeah. Um, my book of the week is what did I write? Oh, Hidden Waters by Catherine Cowles. <laughs> what did I write? I was like, well, I've read several books. Um, this is book three in her Tattered and Torn series. I had an audio listen. Sebastian York reads this book. And we all know how I feel about Sebastian York. Mm-hmm. Um, he it's so this is the story about Addie and Beckett, and it's so good. This book, The Roommates, which you know, close proximity. Hello. Um this book, what I loved so much about this book, and you can find my review on the website, is Addie is very much PTSD trauma. She is she has been traumatized her whole life. She is now out on her own, but she is still living her trauma because she's not far from the people that caused her trauma. And Beckett is a doctor and he has the innate feelings to want to heal and to fix because he is a doctor and he never disregards her feelings He doesn't take to take over and control and tell her what to do. He allows her to have her journey and her movements forward for her healing. And while he is there to help hold her up, he never takes over. And it was just so beautiful and so well done. And it's Sebastian York. Well, but and it's Catherine. Like Catherine, she just has a really good knack for creating like amazing characters that uh-huh. that are strong when you they yeah. never thought they were strong such a beautiful story and leanne i have a really cool project <clears throat> coming up with the mm-hmm. first three books in this series um so you'll want to watch for details of that come august 1st leah uh, also the covers i'm just gonna say are even her so gorgeous even her special edition which is the three books that leah and i are going to do a project with we have the special edition covers oh do we yeah, without the people on them, and they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They are gorgeous, and they I mean, look honestly, so like, pretty on someone's shelf. Hang has outdone herself, like on all of like Catherine's covers, like in these last like two series, like in the next one coming up, like they're just beautiful and amazing. But okay, uh-huh. so my book of the week, um, I read the devastated and devoted duet um, by Marie Johnston. It is actually much anticipated duet. But it is a woman, her name is Penelope, and she is married to a trash man, a terrible person. And she um, leaves him because her home life is just bad. And honestly, um, Canon is the hero, but I don't want to tell you his background because you find out about it in book two. And so it'll definitely like ruin the story. But he is not a, like a hero that I've ever read before, like his backstory and what he is hiding is so interesting and emotional. And I just, it's, it is really well-written and really well done. Um, but I like, honestly, everything Marie Johnston puts out anymore is I just I love her writing and like her writing style and her character development, but so devastated and devoted duet. I'm Marie Johnston. Okay, so this is a little bit of a 
change, and I kind of want to talk about it, and I thought this is a great place to talk about it so people have it out there in the public. So Leah and I have made the decision after talking to our production team, aka the husband, that it is time for us to upgrade some equipment and do some things. So on June 25th, we will start our third year of podcasting. As with most things, in order to keep the quality of the show we want to produce, we need to make some upgrades to our equipment. Um, to help us with these upgrades, we are opening up the podcast to advertisers. And we thought before we signed up for an ad service and ended up with products unrelated to our show and to our community, we would open up, up opportunities to what we love the most. Books, authors, book boxes, and bookish merch. We've found that 72% of our listeners, listening audience is most likely to purchase a book they hear about on the podcast. You can find details and pricing at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash advertise with us or email us at info at buzzingaboutromance.com. So we make this choice, but we also need to say that we have an amazing Patreon campaign and they keep us on the air. Mm -hmm. Like we can still keep doing this. Everything like that, but, you know, things are going to wear out. We need to upgrade some mics. We need some sound panels. Those cost money that are outside of our Patreon. Well, and the fact that, like, we want to keep doing this, and Becky and I have some ideas for things in the future, but we don't, we don't have the overhead for that. Right. Like, we would love to host a live show somewhere or a mm -hmm. big meetup or host a book, uh, a, a reading retreat or something like that. But we would need to have capital to set some things in place to do that and to have equipment that can travel to do those things. Uh -huh. And at this moment- We have moment, a lot of dreams and plans, yeah. but we, we need the capital to, to make these things, to bring them to fruition. Right. And so, and you know, the cool thing about advertising, like if you have a book coming out and you would like to just buy- the week before your book releases, it's only going to be one advertisement per show. It's going to be at the front of the uh, podcast and it will stay, it will stay adjacent to the podcast. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes back six months from now and listens to the podcast, they're still going to it's hear about there. your book mm -hmm. or your merch or your box. Yeah. Um, so seriously, consider advertising with us. We would rather promote and advertise with people for the things we love Mm -hmm. then have to sell you a mattress or harvest food or something stupid like I mean, songs. mattresses do come in handy. But I do. I mean, especially since we like sexy books. Sure. But I also could sell countertops. We could. Or a couch. Bend me over, sister. I mean. I mean. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, a so. Car. A car. Drunk Book Club announcement. July's Drunk Book Club pick is good times by Jana Aston and book club will meet July 16th via zoom um, book club is an exclusive event to our Patreon community. You can find details on our website, but if you would like to try it out, just email us at the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Let us know and we can make that happen. We, can. we do have a, a one-time trial offer for you. Um, so Patreon campaign, like I said, is going gangbusters. We're mm -hmm. at 37 Patreons, I think, right now. Um, and once we hit 40 Patreon members, we are going to host an epic giveaway with one of our fan favorite authors. And um, 
it's exciting times. So if you love the podcast and you love listening to Leah and I and all of our contributors fill your TBR, please consider joining us over on Patreon. Our big goal is 500 Patreons. If we had 500 Patreons, Leah and I, one of us could focus full-time on the podcast and the other one could focus part-time on the podcast. So mm-hmm. it would make our husbands happy if we had paying jobs. I mean, we have paying jobs, but well, if we could, if we could get paid to do just this, that would be very just nice. this. They might love us just a little bit more. Um, okay. Next up, we are ha- we have an author spotlight, which we haven't had we, one in a minute. We haven't. We do have an author spotlight, and it is two authors this time. So we are doing an author sp- spotlight on author friends, co-writers, and podcasters, Misty Walker and Kay Webster. So we're going to talk yeah. to them about their books, about writing together, writing separately, and all the goodness, because yeah. they do like a dirty book. They, they are they, so good. They're mm-hmm. so good. They do like a dirty book. Heather, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on and yes, chatting with you. us about it's DNFing a good books. Time. Absolutely. Anytime. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.